And welcome to the Army-Navy pregame show with Gabe Flayton on Review and Preview Sports. Thank you to everybody for joining. I'm super excited to bring you a nice preview to America's game, my favorite game of the year. Also falls on Hanukkah, so two birds with one stone for that one. I have a special guest coming on in a few minutes, Sal Interdonato, longtime beat writer for the Army football team. I myself, unapologetically, am an Army football fan, so this show will have quite a biased angle towards the game. As you can see in the top right corner, there is a logo for Army. However, I have nothing but respect for the midshipmen in this game, and I really am excited to watch this game unfold tomorrow on CBS at 3 p.m. College game day is going to be on the on the call uh, at 9 o'clock at West Point. Mind you, this is the first game being played between these two ga- uh, these two teams at West Point since 1943, which was World War II. And fun fact about that game is that only Army cadets were allowed to attend. No midshipmen were allowed because of a ration for oil imposed by President FDR at the time because of World War II. So I thought that was really interesting. Only residents within 10 miles of West Point could attend the game. I myself would have been able to attend. I live within 10 miles of the uh, of the Mikey Stadium, and tickets for that game were $4.40 in 1943. And we have some comments. Thank you, Andy Hopper, for watching. Go Army, beat Navy. Love to hear it. Thank you for watching. <laughs> Tom Scavetta with the comment. Go Navy. Hey, I respect your, your view either way. And then Carolyn Barnes, actually Nick Barnes using his mother's account. You should really get your own Facebook, Nick, with the comment, Go Army Beat Navy. Thanks for tuning in. Looking forward to hearing your guys' comments all show long. Um, Navy has owned this series in the last two decades. Let's look at it this way. Navy won 14 straight from 2001 to 2016 until Army broke the streak with quarterback Ahmad Bradshaw. But since then, it was three wins for Army, and then Navy took the last one last year. No Malcolm Perry on the team this year. He was a senior, ran for 304 yards in that game, which was an Army-Navy record. 304 yards, Army could not stop him. Navy ran easily to a 31-7 victory last season. But overall, Navy has owned the series 61-52 to and seven ties. That's 120 meetings. This will be the 121st. Uh, Some more storylines for this game. There's a lot to talk about for this game. First, I want to get to the uniforms from each team. I think this is the coolest aspect of the Army-Navy game. Here we have the Navy uniforms, which honestly look really nice. I always think the team that has the darker uniforms, the home uniforms, have it easier. But Navy looking sleek with those uniforms. And then you got Army's uniforms, which I think are absolutely fantastic. You have the all-green look, paying homage to the America's Pacific Division, better known as the 25th Infantry Division, that fought in the Korean War. Fun fact about that 25th Infantry Division. They have received more Medals of Honor than any other division in the United States military. So it really is one of the best divisions. Uh, One of my favorite uniforms from Army, for sure. Other storylines heading into this game. Uh, Navy offensive lineman, Billy Onaker, will honor late offensive lineman,
David Forney by wearing his number 68 uh, versus Army. David Forney would have been a senior this year before he tragically passed away in February. He started every game in his first three seasons on that Navy offensive line. Really looking forward to Navy putting on a good showing for him. Navy coming into this, though, has struggled this year at 3-6. and six, Army at 7-2. and two. Now, 7-2 and two looks good for Army, but as me and Sal in a couple minutes will talk about, their strengths of schedule has been really easy. 125th out of 127 uh, college football teams. They have that 125th hardest schedule, also known as the third easiest schedule. Navy has had the 30th hardest schedule in all of college football this season. But Army's been hot this year at home. They've won six of the last seven at home. Really looking forward to Army playing at West Point with new defensive coordinator, Nate Woody. Um, Army's, I mean, we're going to talk about this with Sal in just a second. Um, I'm going to bring him on right now. And here he is, Sal Interdonato joining the stream. How is it going, Sal? And nice to finally meet you after reading your articles my entire life. <laughs> Gabe, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, no problem. It really is a pleasure to have you on. I've been a huge fan of yours following you and on Time Sword Record for the last couple of decades. Love Army football just like you, and I'm really excited to talk about this game. I want to get started with just this season in general. This is probably one of the most bizarre seasons you've covered for Army, just from all the circumstances. What has it been like, before we get into the specifics of the game, what has it been like covering Army this year, just from the COVID angle? Yeah, well, honestly, I've been looking at, at it a little bit from the outside more than uh, like hands-on coverage until the last couple recent weeks. But, you know, it, it is different. You know, you, you do, um, you're do you not seeing practices live. You're not seeing, um, you know, you can't, you don't go to the press conferences live. You, you don't interact, you can't interact with the, co the coaches and the players as much as you did. Because when you went to the practices in the past, of course, you were able to see if so-and-so was at practice and, and this and that, and you not necessarily reporting on schemes, but more like what you know, people might see um, at the games, you know, during games. Now you can't, you can't do that. Everything's pretty much on Zooms, and uh, you know it's a little different. I mean, I think they've handled it pretty well. Um, you know, they of course they had that cancellation with um, BYU, and then they had um, Air Force push back. I mean, Army's had a lot of time, uh, Gabe. They've only played two games in the last six weeks heading into this game. So you kind of wonder, like, yeah, they've practiced, they've repped a lot on Navy's uh, offense and defense. But, I mean, the game reps, right? You know, they always say the game reps are the most important sometimes, right? That's at least coach speak, right? And um, they haven't gotten a lot of game reps in the last month and a half. So we'll, we'll see what how they come out. You think they'll come out fired up on Saturday, but, you know, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see what happens from the jump. Yeah, and I, I'm excited. I live really just 10 minutes from West Point. I can't wait to hear those cannons going off, hopefully for Army, from my house. Um, but another thing I wanted to mention was the strength of schedule. I mentioned it before. You said game reps. Army's had game reps this year against some of the probably lesser teams, whereas Navy's had a really challenging schedule. How do you think that plays into this kind of game? I, we always say the records don't matter. Do you think either team's record really indicates how good they are this year? That's a good question. I mean, yeah, I guess you could say Army, you know, they played three F FCS schools and you look at their schedule. I don't really take much in the strengths of schedules, especially when it comes to this game. You know, yeah, you could say um, 
you know, yeah, Navy's in a conference, you know, and, and the, the, the American is pretty well respected. And, you know, yeah, it has to, Army's played Cincinnati, the best team in the American. Has Navy played Cincinnati? Has, has Navy, Navy's played BYU, right? I mean, who, who's the best team right now on Army and Navy schedule that, 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 that each team has played? Is it Cincinnati? Yeah, that's that's yeah, definitely at, it. At the strength of schedule stuff is kind of like, okay, yeah, week in and week out, yes, Navy's playing better teams, I guess. But has Navy played the Cincinnati? No, they haven't. They played a BYU. And not to take anything away from BYU, BYU is a good team. But, um, you know, I, I think that you, you could look at it that way. too. You could look at it in a lot of different ways, that stuff. I mean, Army, it's 2020. Just the fact that Army's played nine games this season is kind of a, a not a miracle, but a good thing, you know. You, when the, when the, all this pandemic started, they weren't even – we were told, right, here's what we were told. If there's one game that's going to be played at any college football game, what was it going to be, right? It's going to be Definitely not Ohio State-Michigan. That's what I like about this matchup is how Ohio State-Michigan gets canceled. Army-Navy will never get canceled. Never. <laughs> no, 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 they have the, um, the time slot that everybody's used to going to. Uh, you know, you look at all the games that are on – tomorrow on the schedule it is what it is it, it, it it's it's a pandemic football season um i'll be interested to see um the rating and how many people tune in to the army navy game i think you're going to get the people that a lot of the people that usually are in attendance that can't be in attendance watching the game and we'll we'll see how that goes i still think it'll be pretty uh well received uh tomorrow for sure for sure i have a i what i want to get into as well about this game is I have here, who is driving the tank? Now, the Army quarterback situation is complicated, to say the least. I think they've had they've had four different guys start. All of them have had a win under their belt starting this season. They're all fairly young, and right now, it's a secret, according to the internet, who Jeff Munkin will start. Do you have any idea on, of this list of four guys? Do you have any idea who they might start on Saturday? I was talking last night with somebody on this. I mean, I don't have any like intel, you know, anything like that. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, I would never imagine that uh, getting intel from the army would be easy. <laughs> uh, not, it, it, it can happen, but not not on this quarterback situation. But let's just look at this kind of reasonably. I think that Tyhir Tyhir Tyler has to start this game. I think he does. I don't think you can go back to Christian Anderson right now, and I don't think uh, you know. Kay Ballard has been pretty solid. I think you could, if you want to go with the mix of Tyler and Ballard in this game, I think that, I think that that would be the recipe right now. The guys are more fresher. They've taken the most reps in say the last, you know, month plus they, um, Tyler's really, um, wow. He, you know, he showed a lot of heart in that, um, Georgia Southern game. You know, he, I've, I've talked to uh, Tahir a couple times. Um, he's just a very driven guy person i think that he if you if you follow him on social media this week he's really pumped up for the game and like he it seems like he can't wait to get into his first army navy game i think that he's going to be the starter now they're going to probably if they pull a surprise and start christian anderson would it shock me not necessarily but uh tyler's uh, tyler to me should be the starter uh, yeah yeah no i agree based on what i've seen he's just a more explosive runner and that's what army needs christian anderson i think he's got the mental toughness to handle the job i don't think he has the athletic ability like tyler tyler does fun fact uh christian anderson played against me senior year while i was playing football at cornwall central high school 
playing Cardinal Hayes out in the Bronx, right in front of Yankee Stadium. Christian Anderson on 10 passes completed at 274 yards. Just wanted to put that out there. <laughs> he, he had a great career. I mean, I think he was, when he finished his career at Cardinal Hayes, I think he had the second highest passing total in the season behind, um, uh, why am I, why am I messing up? Um, Greg Paulus, Greg Paulus. Oh yeah. Syracuse yeah. guy. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you, the thing with Ty here you're going to get is you can get a big run from Ty here. You know, you can get like a chunk play from Ty here. Uh, I'm not sure if you can get those chunk plays from any other quarterback at our, uh, at the other uh, couple quarterbacks, maybe a Jamel Jones, but we haven't seen him in a while. And again, since we're not like, you know, we're not at practices or anything like that. We really don't know what his injury was, how he is, if he's practicing again. Maybe he's practicing again. But I think Tahir is the chunk play guy. And, um, you know, you have to really in this game, you know, I just think I don't know if you want to get to X's and O's right now. But, um, yeah, we could go anywhere you want. You got you have so much information. I want you to share as much as possible if you could. I think that if, if Army thinks that they're going to play like, you know, you think that these games are one. Uh, in the trenches, so to speak, by, by the offensive defensive lines, right? I mean, last year, Navy kind of got the better of Army in that department, and they kind of – yeah, they had Malcolm Perry, too, that helped, too, right? But um, I think if I think if Army goes in with a game plan to just play smash-mouth football and give the fullback the ball, like, you know, more than half of their plays, I, I, I'd rather see them get uh, Tyler on, on the edge a little bit, get him running in between the tackles, get the ball to uh, Terrell Robinson. Robinson needs to touch the ball early in this game. You need a big chunk play from from the, from the slot backs or or the quarterback to start the game. Uh, you don't. The, the one thing Army cannot do is 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 uh you know ball security has to be at a premium this game. It usually has to be right, but I mean they cannot give Navy the ball on Army side of, uh, side of the field. They can't make the field shorter for Navy. They want you want to make Navy drive in this game. You want to you want to play kind of ball possession football. And you want to make Navy see if Navy can pull out like an 80 yard drive. See if they can pull out an 85 yard drive. You don't want to give them a short field in this game, I think. And I think that you you have to get the Robinson has to be a factor in this game. And sometimes Army doesn't does not you know sometimes the slotbacks Robinson is the exception in the last couple of years, but sometimes the slotbacks are a forgotten position in this game. You know, I mean for Army sometimes it's just fullback. It's really a smash mouth fullbacks. And quarterbacks keeping. You look at Bradshaw and over the years, and um, you know Hopkins too. And um, I think that they need to get Terrell Robinson uh, involved in this game early. Yeah, I agree. I think Army. There's a big difference between the kind of triple option Army runs versus Navy that people don't necessarily know well enough, like we do. And that's that Army doesn't really run the true triple option as often as Navy will. Navy loves to get their ball, the ball to their slot backs on the real true triple option, whereas Army. I don't know if it's because, you know, eight years ago, Army might have led the entire NCAA in fumbles and they're trying to get away from running that true triple option where they'll run more predetermined plays. Like you said, like getting getting a Tyler Tyler just runs where it's a designed run for him, I think, is more the norm for Army. And that's why we've had such success with quarterbacks is because we just let them run like running backs in this in this matchup. Uh, I, I remember a chunk play. You're talking about chunk plays. I remember that 2012 game, Trent Steelman's last game with Army. A lot of chunk plays on that first drive with Raymond Maples and those guys. They had a really good first drive, and they came out really firing on offense in that game. And 
that's a tragic end. I, we have a couple fan questions. Just want to get them in here. Um, okay. What is your favorite Army Navy game of all time? I think that's a great question. If you want to answer that. Yeah, I think it has to be the the streak buster, right? Um, twenty sixteen. I mean, I was able to watch the final moments on the field, and that's just an incredible feeling when you see the emotion of the players, the coaches, and then you see the fans come and fans, the cadets cut cadets come running out of the stands and you're actually like dodging people just and you don't want to get knocked down you're almost like guarding your guarding against your life so to speak you know you don't want to get knocked down or trampled in that and i i, I was looking for my video my field video of of that and i, I haven't been able to find it i guess it's on an old phone or something and that was that was an incredible game uh the 2016 uh army navy game i give um I mean, I can go on and on on my top games. I was thinking about doing a list of the, like the top ten games I've seen. At, you know, I, when I was when I was the beat writer, I think you have to um, the, the twenty. You look at the twenty ten Armed Forces Bowl. I was able to go to Dallas and see them beat SMU, and you see that first that early play by uh, you know Josh McNary with the scoop and score, and then you see Trent Steelman complete a pass to David Brooks, you know Newburgh Free Academy graduate. That's right, um, yeah, yeah, to seal the game there. That's one. The uh, Mikey Miracle game with uh, Kevin Dunn when they came back and beat he was a he was a backup quarterback wasn't even expecting to play things happen he comes into the game leads them to to overtime and leads them to a win um, that was those are three right off the bat and that was you know that, that those games go back a little bit so I mean but there's been a lot of Gabe you know like recently in the Munkin era there's been some great games you look at the Temple comeback a couple of years ago with Hopkins. You look at the Gibby Gibson, you know, tackle at the one inch line against Eastern Michigan. I mean, there's been a, I, this Georgia Southern game recently wasn't a, was pretty. Uh, it kept you on the edge of your seats. Those are the games that you love, right? You love, yeah, you, sure you would love Army to like, blow, you know, have blowout wins every once in a while. But those games where you know they're just grinding and grinding to the last second, those are the games that you remember pretty much. You know, I I wasn't able to cover the bowl game when they beat Houston. So I wasn't there in person, but that's another one where you look at, wow, just what they were able to do. That's the blowout side, but then you got the um, the Georgia Southern game that makes it like the, the, the more grinded outside. So, Yeah, that there's so many. And then you have the Trent Steelman run against Boston College. Mm-hmm. Um, that was incredible. Home, it seems like it's always at home that they have these incredible late finishes and Lucky for you, you always get for uh, you've always had the chance to see those. I've been to a few great ones. I remember the Northern Illinois game years ago when it was in the 40s. I was there for that season opener. That was an incredible game. I think Army ran for over 400 yards in that game. Yeah, and that was a Northern Illinois team who played well, a New Year's Six Bowl, right? I mean, that's right. That is right. Yeah, Orange Bowl. I might be wrong. I might be wrong, but I mean that was a good Northern Illinois team that Army took to the final seconds. So, that season that was that was that was a good game on the on the on the on the, on the losing end but that was also i mean I, you know i some people like on saturday a lot of people are saying well you know you look at the matchup here and yes in the monkey era the games have been pretty close um yeah i think we i think we might get another close one maybe we'll get that edge of the seat like you know the game is one on the final series type uh game um I think Navy's defense is pretty good. You know, they've shown it the last two weeks. And last year, uh, uh, under their, a new defensive coordinator, they really had a good scheme against Army. It looked like a lot what Jay Bateman was running against Navy when he was at Army, you know. So um, I think it. I, I'm not expecting a blowout tomorrow. So Yeah, and the spread is seven points, which when I first saw that, I'm like, Army's favored to win by seven in an Army-Navy game. That's 
that's much higher than I expect because it's always close and every possession counts. Um, so we go into the more specifics of this game. I have a fun little uh, graphic here. Let me get rid of the banner really quick. The bowling ball back, also known as the B-back at Army. We have Jacoby Buchanan at 260 pounds, Anthony Adkins at 255 pounds, and then the lightweight, Sandon McCoy, who's also team captain, at just 230 pounds. But they absolutely dwarf the other fullbacks from Navy. Navy's two fullbacks. You have Nelson Smith and uh, Jamal Carruthers, who are both under 215 pounds, but Navy's always seem to have smaller fullbacks who are much faster, whereas Army has always gone with the bowling ball, which I love to watch. Um, you, you mentioned before the fullback is key. Let's talk about Navy first and then Army. How is Army going to stop the fullback in this game? What gives you the best? Uh, who, who on Army do you think is going to be most important to stopping the fullback? Because I think right now the, the two fullbacks are their leading rushers on the team. Yeah, and you know, it's usually, you know who the unsung guys in these games are, are usually the nose tackles, right? Because they have right. to take on multiple blocks and they have to like kind of slow down the play at the, the fullback dive early, you know, so you, so the linebackers can make the plays. And last year, that's what uh, Pittman was able to do for Navy. Uh, I think that that's the key. I think Nolan Cockrell's key in this game. You know, I think he's a guy who really has, has had a solid season. He's not a person you look at his stats and you're not going to they're not going to completely jump out at you. But he's a nose tackle and he does. His, he, he's done his responsibilities this year. I think that he's going to be a key guy. And I think that, you know, Eric Smith's going to have to play well. And, and he and he's been playing. He's been pretty consistent pretty much all year. I think Eric Smith is a guy that's going to have to play well and, and tackle well. They might. Who knows? They could use Eric Smith. They don't necessarily have to use Eric Smith in the middle. You know, they could use Eric Smith as more, more of like the the outside kind of um, kind of hybrid player in this game if they want to. Um, and they could lead John Radigan in the middle if they want. Um, and, and, and I think that they'll, they'll mix – Army's no doubt going to mix up their defenses. They're not going to play, you know, uh, the same defense. All they don't, they don't usually do that. Nick Woody's done a really good job at disguising a lot of stuff this year. And I think that, you know, it'd be interesting. It's his first Army-Navy game, and I think you're going to see – you know, a pretty active army defense, no doubt. Yeah, and another guy I mentioned in that players to watch, you named two of them. Uh, another guy's Markel Braun at strong safety. I think the safety has to become a linebacker in this game, uh, naturally, because of the way things work. And Markel Braun, one of the best tackling safeties uh, this season, he has 55 tackles for the team, and I think his presence is going to be big as well, probably playing the pitch man on a lot of those triple options. So containing things on the inside, that's what army couldn't do last year against Malcolm Perry because of his speed. Do you think army has the speed on defense to kind of keep this in between the tackles, so to speak? I think if you watch their defense this year, are you, it's a good point by you. I think that's a noticeable difference in their defense this year. I think they're faster, you know, especially the, the secondary is faster. You look at uh, Julian McDuffie. I mean, that guy can fly. You know, so as long as he's healthy, as long as he can play, I think he, he he'll help. Jabari Moore is pretty fast. I think you know that that's where that they do have good speed. They they play the five defensive backs with Malcolm Morrison. That's pretty much their base defense. And uh, I think this is the faster team. I mean, you look at um, even the Cockrell is a little bit quicker than what they've had maybe at nose tackle in the last couple years. You know, he's a little bit lighter, but he's a little bit quicker. And uh, they they have some guys that they can also bring bring uh, that are not starters that could be definitely I think a guy that should get 
um, a lot look at this this game is uh, Andre Carter. You know, I mean, the game that he had coming off of Georgia Southern, this guy can be a factor. I mean, he has the length. He he's a, he's really athletic. I think that he'll he'll be he'll be a he'll be a, a big key on the on that on those pitch plays too. I think to string the, out those pitch plays. Yeah, I don't think Navy is going to go into go to their uh, go to Morris a lot if they're behind maybe. But I don't think that, it was weird. There was a couple games when Navy seemed like they were more of a throwing team than a running team. You know, so I think that you're going to see uh, Andre Carter play a role in this. You know, I think Cedric Cunningham is a guy who's going to play a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. I think that maybe Broughton plays a little bit on the free side, but ready to, like you say, play that pitch man. And I think that, you know, this this Army defense certainly has had a good season, and uh, I don't think we should expect anything less. They've really had one hiccup all year, right, against Tulane. So, Yeah, and that game was close. Uh, like you mentioned, that, that game was uh, close pretty early on, um, and then it just kind of got out of hand for them. Another guy I think we, we should definitely, you, you mentioned before, is John Radigan. The guy's an incredible story, just not even an Army story, but a national story. I think he's really made a name for himself, and Army has seemed to generate these middle linebackers that have been really popular. I mean, it started with Steven Anderson, 2009-2010, and then he had uh, Andrew King, Jeremy Timpf, then James Nautico, Cole Christensen. The names of these linebackers that they've had have been great, and then John Radigan hasn't started a game until his senior year, leads the team in tackles, even is rated second among all linebackers in the NCAA, according to PFF. With a 90 overall, and he is one of 18 semifinalists for the Bednarik Award. So, John Radikin, you've had a chance to see him up close. Have you, anything you want to mention about his his character and how he's been a leader yeah. for this team? I, I talked with John on the on. The, I, I had a phone interview with John yesterday, and uh, the interview is up on our Black Knight Nation YouTube page. It's on my Twitter account, and I mean, this guy. I remember seeing him last year. Um, in I think it was either spring or preseason. And I'm looking at, I'm looking at him. He was picking off passes. He was around the ball. And I asked him in this interview, like, where did you get that kind of nose for the football? Where did that come from? Well, he's like, when you grow up in a family where everybody play, has played football at a high level, he has a couple brothers that played. You know, I think one of his brothers played at Princeton. Another one played at Penn State. I mean, it's kind of like you just—it's kind of ingrained in you, right? A little bit. You, you got that football bug in you from from a young age. And he's just a really—I mean, God—he's just a really, a really good, good guy to talk to, too. Um, man, you look at—I think that a lot of which I think him—he—he he wouldn't say this a little bit, but I think him and Nate Woody have gotten on the same page right away. I think there was a defense that Nate Woody was going to bring to Army. Like, is it a, a lot? Is it somewhat like what they ran last year? Yes, but I think you have to have that middle linebacker to really kind of spearhead everything, right? You have to have that. And they already had an Eric Smith. And now you look at Radigan, and honestly, the production that Radigan's had, I mean, you could put it up against like a 10th. You can put it up against a Christensen. You can put it up. Nautical's Nautical senior year was incredible, you know. But, I mean, he reminds me a little bit of a, a Nautical a little bit, right? I mean, he, he, he can play sideline to sideline. Uh, Nautical may be a better blitzer. You know, may have been – probably was a better blitzer, but, man – um, Radikin is just a sure tackler and he, and he's in the right spot at the right time a lot. And I, I he's just a, a really, you know, I, I think that he's really embraced his role on this team this year as a senior. 
you know, he played special teams last year and he was involved in a lot. Of, he was one of their best tacklers on special teams. And um, I think that he just waited his turn. And wow. I mean, this is a, it's a great story. Like you said, I, I can't remember in my time covering, I can't remember a guy who had like a first year starting his experience as a senior, like Radican has. So. Yeah. he. It's, that's the beauty of army. It's always, they always persist. These guys don't, they're not, they're not going to transfer if they don't get playing time like some other colleges. Some guys will be like, I'm out. I want to go play somewhere. These guys really embrace the, the commitment to the program. At least 99% of these guys do, and it's, it's awesome to see a story like that. Um, I think his brother plays football at Princeton, too. What a family he's got there. Yeah. yeah it's incredible. I think that, you know what, with, with Army, too, it's not, it's not just waiting your turn. Gabe, they cut kids every they cut kids every year before the season starts. So you have to like earn just your spot on the team. It's not like you're just waiting around your freshman and sophomore year and okay, maybe junior year, senior year I played. You have to earn your spot, even if it's maybe if you're even slotted as a scout team player, you still have to earn that in, in, in camp and in, in the spring. So he's he's done everything. I mean, man, if if you if you follow him follow him on social media, not necessarily his post, but his teammates love him. You know, they, they just love the guy. He, he might, he, he's just a great guy to be around. And you look at the respect his teammates have for him. It's off the charts. And you can see that they respect the work that he's put in to get where he was. And he's such a humble guy. You know, he's been what he was invited to the hula bowl. Um, now could he play at the next level Gabe? Why not? Why can't he play at the next level? You know, I think that if you if John Radigan was given a chance to um, go to camp with an NFL team, I, I think that he I think that he would turn some heads and he would impress people. I I, I thought that I thought that James Nautical was a guy like that too. Um, it, it didn't happen for James, but I think that he, John's right right almost in the, near the same category as Nautical, to be honest with you. So, yeah, and. Not to mention Cole Christensen, uh, captain of two-time captain last two years, now on the roster for the L.A. Chargers. You have Elijah Riley, secondary uh, for the Philadelphia Eagles, along with Brett Toth, who came back from, I think, a couple-year commitment to the military to play for the Eagles. And then, of course, got to mention Ali Villanueva, who still holds the record for uh, three. <laughs> He's the last guy to have three games in a row with a reception touchdown for Army. <laughs> I find that comical. Uh, but uh, other other comments from the fans we got here, Sal. What is the over-under on total passes thrown tomorrow? Um, that's a great question, Andy. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think that you look at um, Army. I mean, you don't, they're not going to throw the ball a lot. I mean, if, if Tyler's going to quarterback, you know, they, don't, they, they might throw two or three passes. You know, they might throw two – three passes with Tyler. If Anderson's in the game, they might throw a little bit more, but not double digits. You know, you just don't see this game. And again, if Navy's still playing within their system and still, you know, leading or had a chance to win the game, I think that they'll, they have, they have a, they have a, a couple talented receivers, Navy. Um, but um, I just don't know what the health is of a uh, Cooper. And, um, you know, he, he could be a weapon. They could use him actually. Um, and you look at, um, Morris, their quarterback, can throw the ball well. I think if they're going with air, airline, they're they're going to run the football um, 99% of the time probably. So, 
Yeah, a fun fact about Xavier Arline, I did my research on him. He actually had lacrosse offers from, I believe, Army, Duke, Johns Hopkins, and Maryland. The guys, And he's going to play lacrosse at Navy. He's just a freshman, uh, but he's... And he's from Wading River, New York, which has an outstanding lacrosse program. But um, they're, they do throw the ball better than Army. And they've had to a lot this year because they've been losing. And they, they do average 170 yard, 107 yards passing on the season, which is double of what Army has at 50 yards a game on the season. Just to put things into perspective for the, everybody watching, I mean, Dylan Gabriel, UCF quarterback, threw 601 yards versus Memphis earlier in the season. Army has had 452 total passing yards on the entire season. Um, so they would love nothing more than, than to throw the ball zero times in this game um, because that would indicate that they were never in a situation where they had to throw the ball. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at the Georgia Southern game, and I'm like, are they even going to complete a pass? And then, what, they complete a pass to Cameron, right, to tight end in that game? Yeah, so they got one. Real, real fun fact about Dylan Gabriel. You know who he was committed to Army? No way. That... He, he committed to Army at first, and then he uh, and it was about like, I, I spoke to Dylan Gabriel on the phone when he committed to Army. I did. I must have did like a blog or something like that, probably. And uh, yeah, more toward the signing day, he um, he decommitted and um, and he uh, he uh, you know committed to uh, Central Florida. So yeah, he was he well... was committed. To... <laughs> Yeah, that's fu- that's so funny, man. I mean, I think he made out pretty good. He would have got way too bored at Army if he loves to throw the ball as much as he does at UCF. <laughs> they would they would have had to change the offense. They would have had to change the offense. If, if you get a talent like that, you can't run the ball like you know ninety percent of the time with a talent like that. You just couldn't. That would have been fun to watch. I mean, it, it, it's crazy to think because Army, you know, if if we talk recruiting just real fast, right? Army probably offers close to a thousand guys each year in a class, right? And I always this was before Dylan Gabriel. My Baker Mayfield was offered by Army, you know. I mean, yeah, Baker Mayfield was offered by Army. So yeah, you get these, you get these. Uh, there's there's a ton of guys that will play in the um, in the NFL that are been, that had Army offers. Yeah, Army was probably not there within their top five, especially if they're a power five guy, right? They probably but. You know, you look at the Kenneth Brinson a couple of years ago, right? For them, they're a linebacker. It was either Army or Stanford for him, you know, and he chose Army. So, I mean, every once in a while, even uh, uh, Bonzu for Army, he had a couple of Power Five offers, and I think Rutgers was definitely one of the Power Five schools that offered him. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's crazy. It's it's, it's crazy to follow Army recruiting. I, that's what, in these years, is it's just as fun as the games, so. Yeah, yeah, you have a great blog where you you have really breaking broken down a lot of those commits. I love researching who's next at Army, um, and they always seem to start a lot of guys early on, like freshmen. They, I think this year they had twenty six new starters on their both sides of the ball, which was tied for third in all of the NCAA. I think they were actually tied with Navy. Um, and you mentioned the. Um, uh, the passing game. So Army's not going to pass the ball in this game. Um, I just have one thing I, I, I wanted to show you in the run game is Jacoby Buchanan. I want to show some highlights of his I, I, before I forget. And this is some good college highlights of him. But I also have later in this his high school lacrosse highlights. And now for anybody who doesn't know, Jacoby Buchanan, they're starting fullback. 
Um, also played high school lacrosse at midfield, and those will come up in just a second. I don't know if you've ever saw his uh, high school lacrosse highlights, Sal, have you? No. Yeah, this is incredible footage right here. Jacoby Buchanan running through the defense. Hey, I would have I would have won all conference like him if the goalie was that far out of the goal. But <laughs> and this one's this one's even more incredible where he dives through the crease and gets a goal. I just wanted to show that before I forget. Um, we have some more fan comments uh, from a bunch of viewers. I want to pull up one. This one is uh, so. Who do you think covers the spread? I think that kind of ties into what your prediction for the game is. So we might as well answer both of those questions now. So who do you think covers the spread? What is your score prediction for this game? You know, I'm stuck on 21-17 Army for some reason, but I think that's basically my prediction almost every Army-Navy game. <laughs> 21-17 one way or the other. You know, I, uh, I think that, you know, like like we talked about, you look at the way the Navy's played the last last couple weeks on defense. Army's had this time off. Um I don't know. I, you know, I think it's, you know, army playing at Mikey stadium in this game. Maybe, maybe you get like a 24, 17. I don't know if army's going to kick many field goals in this game. You know, I don't see them, you know, with Jeff Monk and I don't see him going for many field goals. So you're either going to have 21, 17, or maybe like a 28, 17 type game. It'll be somewhere in between there. It'll, I think a lot depends on who's going to quarterback. I think if Tyler quarterbacks, I think army has a chance a little bit to spread the game out a little bit. If uh, Tyler doesn't take the majority of the steps at quarterback then maybe it could be a closer game i, just I agree yeah yeah so. yeah yeah to your point uh, i think tyler like you said he gets those chunk plays i think you could see a much more higher scoring game in that case because with with christian anderson i think you get like you'll get 15 yards tops that's his biggest kind of run you'll get especially with how navy's they're going to be prepping really hard they're going to be playing hard there's not going to be a lot of chunk plays in this game for either team you, there never is um but i do think tyler tyler gives them the best chance um and then tyrell robinson another guy like you mentioned is cam harrison their receiver he was another guy who has been really one of their bright spots at receiver uh and he was a real good talent i don't know if he's suiting up for this game either I don't know either. I mean, he came. He was out at the beginning of the season. He came back for a couple games. Had well, he had a, he had a big catch in the game, and then he hasn't been playing in the last couple. I don't know. If, I don't know what that that could be. Anything these days, and that's another. We haven't talked about this game, and maybe we should just touch about upon it real quick because we can talk about who's going to quarterback. We could talk about all their defensive players, but we just don't know who's going to make it to the game due to the COVID testing. You know, you just you just don't know. Maybe um, maybe they won't have one of their key defensive players. Maybe Navy won't have one of their key defensive players. We just don't know. Like Munkin, like Munkin said, he's biting. Like Coach Munkin said this week, he's biting his nails almost every time he receives the results from COVID because he just hopes that he can get as much as as much as his starters and key players to this game on Saturday. So I think that's what we have to also like. If we don't see. X player maybe that's a reason why we're not seeing X player because now we can't the bubbles have been a little bit broken at at West Point it's not completely you know 100% COVID safe um, Coach Munkins admitted there have been uh, players that have been um, a contact traced or possibly um, tested positive so it, it's going to be interesting you know kind of wish that you know was going to be at the stadium on uh, tomorrow and I was going to be, you, know, you can see who's out there when they start practicing and stuff like that and get a better feel about who, who they do have, 
because I think no matter I think Army is I think Army has from watching the, both teams this year I think Army has more depth and Navy's been hit with a bunch of injuries too and um, I think Army has is it could be the deeper team especially at some positions so I don't think they're hurt as much at corner if somebody were to be out you know as, as other positions but we'll see I mean you got you got to take you got to take the COVID into and into effect too you just don't know who exactly is going to be on their roster on Saturday. They know, but we don't know. So. <laughs> and that's that's an interesting point. So you said you can't make it to the game because of the circumstances. How many games in a row, out of curiosity, have you seen Army uh, Army play Navy? What was your streak yeah. at? Yeah, I think my streak is probably at 13. I think oh, okay. 2007 on, I covered the 2005 game as a uh, as a secondary writer as like a sidebar writer for the record i don't think i was at the 2006 game i don't think i was at the 2006 game so well none of those were good anything before 2007 and after 2001 was absolutely atrocious so it's not a those were not good games to be be (laughs) there for the 2005 game i think there was a navy Defensive back Josh Smith, who returned a interception for a TD, and then that was the the game went the game went a little south from there. So, um, yeah, um, I think I I think I covered two previous before I turned beat writer. So I think uh, I probably like fifteen Army Navy games I've covered, maybe fourteen or fifteen Army Navy games. Yeah, it's impressive. That's super impressive. I have not been to one yet, and I'm really really itching to be able to go to MetLife next year if that can happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. And another question I had for you, we, we met, I mentioned their jerseys earlier. What is your favorite Army football jersey of all time? Or Army-Navy game football jersey, I should yeah, it's say. Yeah, 10th Mountain Division. I think the 10th Mountain Division. I guess maybe because when that – yeah, it was perfect. It was perfect for that game, the snow game. I mean, the uniforms were pretty sharp too. And you look at – okay – most of the most of those um, specialized jerseys, right? You're looking at the color scheme. So that was just what is basically more more of a white jersey. But uh, I I like I like I thought those jerseys were perfect for that game. And uh, I, I, that's the, that's the, that's the one I would go with. Yeah, that that one's one of my top ones. It was apropos, and it always looks better when they win. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I'm really excited for this game tomorrow night uh, or tomorrow afternoon. I really appreciate you coming on, Sal. Is there anything you'd like to add before I head out for the night? No, not necessarily. I mean, as usual, you can follow me on Twitter at Sal Internet. I'm still. I wrote on my profile. I may have. I may have uh, left the paper, but I'm still like tweeting. Yeah, I'm still tweeting Army football stuff. And um, also, we're start. We have Black Knight Nation too. If you go on Twitter, if you go to BlackKnightNation.com, that's where basically the blog has gone to. That's where. You'll see it. You'll see some entries there, and uh, I'm hopefully going to crank out a recruiting entry tonight, and uh, hopefully write something about John Radigan before uh, game time uh, tomorrow. Awesome! I can't wait to keep reading your stuff. Thank you so much for joining the show, Sal, and good luck to Army tomorrow. Thanks a lot, Gabe. Appreciate it. No problem. That was Sal Interdonato, former writer for the Times Herald Record. He's been writing for 23 years for them. I've it was really a, a great time talking to him and finally getting to meet him in person uh, after reading his blog about Army for so many years. Uh, but yeah, my score prediction for tomorrow's game, I haven't really put much thought into it, to be quite honest, um, because it's so hard to predict these scores. But right now, uh, uh, Vegas has the spread at 
plus seven for Navy, and they have the over under at 37 and a half. So, with that said, the Navy Army game has been under the over under for the last 12 years. I think it's 13 years actually, which is an absolutely incredible stat. So, they lowered it. I don't think it's ever gone lower than 37 and a half. They keep lowering it every year. But I think. What I think, I think it's going to be higher scoring than people think. I'm going to go 28-24. I think both teams are going to move the ball really well um, because both teams really have been, uh, I think Army offensively has been great all year. I don't see them going any slower against Navy with three weeks to prep for this game. And just the fact that Navy's rush defense has been allowing 213 yards a game this season. I think Army's going to have a lot of success, but Navy's not going to go away. I think they're going to find a way to get points on Army. Army seems to give up uh, points against Navy every year. Whenever Navy beats Army, it seems like they always put up more than 30 points. So I do think it's going to be a higher scoring game. Just some more uh, comments. Tom Scavetta, great interview. Thanks, Tom. I enjoyed it as well. But ultimately, I do think um, Navy will cover this spread. I think minus seven for army is too too much but yeah so army navy tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon it goes into the nighttime of course 3 p.m everybody can catch the march on at noon tomorrow army does the march on at at noon and then navy will do their march on at 12 40 i believe that will be available on cbs sports network and then uh college game day at 9 a.m bright and early at west point Really looking forward to it for Gabe Flayton, Sal Interdonato, and review of preview sports. Go Army, beat Navy. Have a great night.